welcome to a whiskey and a movie podcast with Fred and Sean. Hello, everyone. Hey, Sean. How are you, my man? Oh, I'm not too bad. It's been one hell of a week. How about you? Oh, do tell, man. Do tell. No, same here. Uh, the summer's definitely over. It's been uh, it's been harsh. A lot of to dos. So uh, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm glad I was able like to. Twenty things at the same time this week. Which after the half of the week that I've done so far, it's nice to just be able to sit down, catch up with my friend, have a nice drink, talk movies, all at the same time. It's a nice way to break up that insanity that's been going on. Yeah, it makes Wednesday like so much more interesting. Yes, yeah, so it look <laughs> Today's Wednesday to, and it doesn't feel like like the end of the week. <laughs> no, it definitely does not. There's definitely more obstacles coming forward. But yeah. that's why I cracked open a drink for today. Good. All right. Yeah, me too. Same wise. So uh, go first, man. What are you drinking? What do you have in front of you? So I'm doing something that's a bit more perhaps unknown for a, a general audience. I'm having what we are calling an Irish poteen, which is essentially Irish moonshine. It is a clear drink. It looks like water. It's not that like ambery, orange, golden color you would find with most Scotch whiskeys. It's called the Mad the, the Mad March Hare. And it is kind of a whiskey because how they used to make this back in the day is from the same techniques that whiskey makers in Ireland did with the, the barley and the hop but the process ended up getting changed and that's why we're getting this like whiter color because it was distilled a little differently in the process and here's a little fun fact that i found out but the first half of the word it, well it, how you spell it in gaelic is p-o-i-t-i-n and the first half the p-o-i-t-i-n in gaelic essentially means hungover <laughs> <laughs> they understood way back. Yeah. So this is literally your hangover drink. Yeah, well, I heard about that. I mean, I had Moon, which I think it was a while back. I don't, it's been, yeah, it's been a while. I think you'll need to refresh my memory, yeah. but I, I did like it. I just I found the color, yes, a little interesting. <laughs> All right, don't finish it before I, I come to your place, please. <laughs> All right. Yeah, funny thing, I'm drinking something that we, we tried or we drank like together before. Um, once we were like trying our, our recording or our recording material and just making sure that everything was working okay. Runs. And first time it, it didn't work. Yeah. So we didn't actually talk about it on the air. But um, I'm having Jack Daniels, but not, not your everyday Jack Daniels, not the, the number seven. I'm having the rye Jack Daniels. Ah, so, yes. Yeah. So it's it's uh, it's a higher proof uh, whiskey, definitely. So you'll need to be gentle on the quantities that you consume every night. What um, is the uh, the difference in the proof compared to the the number seven? It's forty five percent ABV. So okay. yeah, it, it's, so it it's, gives you like a little kick. A it's little a little spicier. It's spicier, yeah, definitely. So that's what I love usually about rye whiskeys is that 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 spiciness of the grain uh, that you get. It's it's it, like on regular bourbon, it's always gives you something like more for your money. I think so. I'm becoming more and more of a of a rye fan, and uh, yeah, I had it before and I really liked it. So I'm I re- rediscovering it and really enjoying it. Yeah. Oh, glad to hear that. I've actually never had rye before, like ever. 
not 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 ever not, not a bourbon ever. nothing I've nothing had some like I've out had of scotland before, no right and i was not a fan of bourbon this was like 10 years ago though when i first tried bourbon and i think it was wild turkey and i don't think my palate was matured enough yet and i quickly okay nobody's it. perfect sean yeah i'm sorry <laughs> so I, i dismissed it right away and i haven't tried it yet but i'm definitely open to trying it. i think i'm more excited to try rye with you than i am bourbon yeah no no definitely i'll try to for our next recording i'll try to bring another rye uh but something that you like so i'll, yeah. I'll make myself like uh, i'll give myself this challenge to find a nice rye for you yeah so yeah I'll, give I'll, uh, give yourself a little ta- a yeah, little I'm sip a little tasting of uh of your clear colored drink so it's it's weird because it, it looks like water as i mentioned or it looks like vodka it does not look like whiskey but it tastes like whiskey <laughs> That's But good. That's a good has, start. <laughs> it has the immediacy of perhaps like a Jameson. Mm. But it's the aftertaste that begins to change. It's a bit fruitier, actually, on the aftertaste. Because usually when you would have like a whiskey, you, you kind of get more of that like... You either get a smooth feeling or that burn feeling when you're going down. This has a very... I'm trying to think. Almost like a nutty aftertaste, I would say. I'm going to have another one just to... Nutty aftertaste. It's interesting because you referred to Jameson and that's not, that's not a um, no. taste profile that I... A note that I find it's nuttiness, but in, interesting, yeah. Yeah, maybe nuts, maybe... It's, it's hard to describe. It's very sweet. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting like nuts, I'm getting maybe like a vanilla, maybe lighter fruits it's definitely in that alleyway but it's mm. incredibly light almost creamy actually yeah that sounds of, like irish whiskey yeah definitely like that that creamy feel yeah that, that creamy, I, i know what you mean pretty light taste and it's deceiving because then you'll have too much of this and then you're going to wake up hungover as the drink is called yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly be careful on your on your sipping there yeah. don't finish the bottle but uh yeah interesting interesting yeah. I, i'm curious to try it Um, yeah, on my, um, on my end, um, when you smell it, um, the Jack Daniels, I mean, you get like the regular notes of like of bourbon. So you get the caramel, you get the, um, the sweetness of bourbon, but th- there's something there that I've, <laughs> that I find like interesting because I didn't get that the first time. And, you know, all, we all say that like smell and taste is so subjective when it comes to to spirits and, and whiskeys and I smell peanut butter in there man oh, it's, it's weird like it's I smell like like breakfast but like on toasted bread when you had like, like that hot peanut butter that melts yeah. on the bread I get this like here it's it's crazy you totally make me want to have toast and peanut butter right now I, I hope you know that yeah well go get <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. you'll have a breakfast breakfast dinner or breakfast, um, breakfast supper I'll have breakfast yeah. with my drink <laughs> which is interesting something you're not and supposed to do basically ever yeah and on the taste it's um yeah it's more definitely more of a kick than the regular jack daniel so it's spicier it's it burns your throat a little more so it's in a good way in okay. a good way but it's it's not for the faint of heart so if you're um it's definitely not you for looking, beginners No, yeah. no. If you're in a beginner, I think like start with like regular bourbon or regular uh, Jack Daniels because technically Jack Daniels is not a bourbon. But um, yeah, for like for the simple story that people don't know, actually, it's like Jack Daniels is cons- is a Tennessee 
whiskey, not a bourbon, because mm -hmm. it's not barreled in new American oak. So that makes the difference there. And so there's all these technicalities actually, when it comes to like whiskey and scotch. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, it's interesting huh? because it's it's not entirely new wood. It's old wood and old barrels that been used before. You can call it a bourbon. Yeah, so and it changes they the process, process altogether. Entirely. And they have, I think, an ending process to like the distillation that's uh, with charcoal when they actually burn it with, with I think, with, with charcoal. So it gives like a, a, a toasted, like a toasted aroma, that, which is different from regular bourbon from Jim Beam, per se. Um, so, yeah. So if you want to try a, 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 like a rye whiskey for the first time and you had like many whiskeys before, I think that's an interesting one to, to start with. It's, it's, it's well, good. I'm, it's, I'm yeah. very intrigued now. I definitely want to give this a crack, so... One and day, it's affordable. One day I mean, I'm, I'm probably going to yeah. come over and maybe we'll record and I'll give it a try and I'll give my own verdict on it. I'll need to buy another one. I think it's going to be gone <laughs> by that time. Yeah, this, by that time this is but the it's one a, downside of this particular hobby of ours. We're going to be spending a yeah. lot of money on scotch and whiskey <laughs> and bourbon. It's a, price, it's a pricey hobby, it but it's affordable. You can find it like anywhere, I think, for like maybe 30 bucks, a little, a little less maybe. I think, yeah, 30, 35 bucks, not much. So. All right, that's not too bad. You've been watching anything good lately? Yeah, I think like you, especially more trailers than actually <laughs> movies. A There's a lot of trailers later. Shit ton of trailers. Uh, well, I said right suicides. The oh yeah, yeah, you saw yeah, suicides yeah. go too, eh? We'll get to that yeah, in yeah, a yeah, sec. Yeah, I yeah, really no, want to talk about Spider-Man though, because holy shit, what a trailer! Yes. Yes, no, let's do Spider-Man first, uh, totally, because like both you and I were the same that generation. We grew up with Tobey Maguire yeah. as the first Marvel movies, like in the early 2000s. So. Of all and the Spider-Folk, like, the Tobey Maguire is still my favorite Spider-Man. He is as well for me, I yeah. think. I still, there's a lot about like Tom Holland that I like, but I think that the fact that he's younger and yeah. like he's in high school he's still. He's more believable he as a high school student. Yeah, he doesn't speak to my generation, I think, that much. But, yeah, Tobey Maguire is still my, my Spider-Man. I think there's something time. to be said about how, even though the first two Raimi Spider-Man movies, when they came out, they're nothing like the MCU movies. In fact, quite a few of the special effects are in camera. But there's something about how Raimi did the characterization of those iconic characters that has made them stand the test of time whereas the newer movies i feel they still haven't reached those highs yeah which is why i see I'm what you very yeah. excited to see I, I they didn't confirm anything but i'm almost certain there's going to be Tobey Maguire and andrew garfield in this movie yeah because this if i'm not mistaken i think this is the first try that they have on the big screen with the what they call the multiverse except for spider-man in the um oh into uh, the spider-verse yeah, yeah in the side of spider-verse exactly sorry yeah. so this is like the first crack they had an animation to that like that multiverse theme but like with real actors like on the big screen like for motion pictures yeah because really, like, yeah, we had a, a tease of it with uh in terms of the studio crossovers with wandavision when, uh, yeah, that's true. With, they up. brought up, yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. You're, you're right. But this yeah. is that was pre multiverse, technically. Mm -hmm. So this is going to yes, be like going true. through the multiverse. This is going to be big screen. Uh, yeah, we were watching the trailer over here, and when you hear Willem Dafoe's goblin laugh, then he says like, "Be is careful." Is it his laugh though? I, I, I didn't. I'm I like, didn't think it I'm was. I'm like ninety nine percent certain it's his laugh. And then he says like, "Be careful what you wish for, Parker." It definitely wasn't Dane DeHaan. 
Okay. And then the uh, the goblin grenade was it's the, yeah it's his it was yeah. the Raimi era goblin grenade it wasn't the Garfield era one, and then you see the claw mm. come down and it's Doc Ock and it's Alfred Molina coming down again and you're just like man yeah I'm happy they showed him at the at the very end of the uh, of the trailer like him just like out of the shadows and we see like just his arms like trying to grab something because. Out of the, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man villains, I think that even if I do really like the Green Goblin, I think that the, the Do- Alfred Molina's Doc Ock is still the best one. I think that he's... There's a great sensitive like uh, side to him, and you really get attached to a character a lot more in Spider-Man 2. And, no, I think he really nailed yeah. that character. So, I And he didn't Mo- age that much. No, not really. You see him, like, he, he, he looks, looks pretty much the same. Yeah. yeah. I think Molina is a great Doc Ock. And I think Willem Dafoe played, played a great uh, Norman Osborn. But mm-hmm. in that respect, I don't think he played Green Goblin as well as Norman Osborn. And I feel like Molina played a better Doc Ock than Dr. Octavius. Mm. I did like that sweet time to him as Dr. Octavius. Like, he was really poetic. Like, re- oh, reciting, no, definitely the character like, was great. Poetry, like, during, the, the, during his supper with, like, with... Here's Peter a question Parker. for you, though. I, yeah. Because I seem to be in a minority with this. Spider-Man 1 or Spider-Man 2, which one's better? Spider-Man 2, yeah. See, every, everyone says that, too. I think I, I really enjoy Spider-Man 1 more. No, it's good. It's it, yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. Spider-Man 1, Spider-Man 1 is good. But yeah. Spider-Man 2, I don't know what they, they... That deeper exploration into the character, like, of Peter, his relationship... And I think it, it, it made more sense for a sequel, and it worked perfectly. And just, like... Yeah, I don't know. Everything about Spider-Man 2 feels right. Spider-Man 1, I think it feels a little cheesy from time to time. Maybe it didn't age that well, but it's still good. But, yeah, less so. I don't know. Spider-Man 2 is definitely one of the best sequels ever made, without a doubt. Still, after more than 20, yeah, Yeah. close to 20 years. When I I think of best sequels of all time, it's a very short list. We're probably talking five to ten movies off the top of my head, and Spider-Man 2 is definitely on that list. Yeah. And then so Spider-Man, no, Spider-Man 3 happened, and we don't talk yeah. about that movie. <laughs> and then it, it, uh, yeah, it broke uh, a link in the chain <laughs> forever. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully there's yeah. no Topher Grace in uh, No Way Home. That is Venom. Yeah, I don't think so. I'm curious to see if they're going to bring, like, the... the um, Eddie Brock, but the new Eddie Brock with Tom Hardy, because he still has his own thing going with like like um, Venom. Let, let's be let's there be car- carnage. Yeah, let there be, be carnage. Carni- carnage. But yeah, because the, he's supposed to he, like some some way or another. I don't know if it's going to be in this one, and they're really keeping it like hundred percent secret. But it, like he he needs to make an appearance in that in that, that universe cool. eventually. Like I would be yeah. pretty down with that. I wasn't a huge fan of the Tom Hardy Venom movie, to be honest. I thought it was perfectly mediocre. Yeah, it wasn't great. But yeah. I, I think I did find that he he was a good Venom. I did like his Venom. Um, like, the relationship he has with the symbiote is interesting. But yeah, That's the most he needs to make an appearance yeah. eventually. Yeah. yeah. And then there's, what was it? Mobius is coming out as well in that whole, like, Sony non-Spider Spider-Verse. And I'm not particularly interested at this point in time. Yeah, no, me neither. So yeah, no, Spider-Man, no way, home, uh, no way home, definitely interesting. And I'm curious about like the whole 
theory about Doctor Strange showing up that we're not sure it's him because he looks a little awkward. He's agreeing to everything. He wears a hoodie under his cape, yeah. and it's snowing in his house. You don't really get why. It seems uh, like and he's really friendly to Peter. You, you just don't know why. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the character definitely seems a little strange. That you mentioned it because in the first Strange movie, he was kind of just like it was. It was Tony essentially. He was wise, cracking. Yeah, he, he was, was filthy yeah, rich. Was Tony Stark. Yeah, I feel like in Infinity War, that was the best portrayal of Doctor Strange because he had mm-hmm. enough quip, but he was all-powerful and he knew it this one seems almost goofy yeah like yeah. he didn't care about the consequences like about like playing with the the, the, the different dimensions yeah. and also with and yeah like he would understand the ramifications of peter interrupting the spell so instead of just stopping the spell and starting from scratch he just kept going and I'm like, i feel like the sorcerer supreme would know when to stop a spell if the consequences are that dire yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll see. Maybe they're tricking us in some way. Uh, yeah. What What is the release date for Spider-Man Three? Uh, Spider-Man No uh, No Way Home. It's December Christmas? offhand, but I'm not sure the exact date. But who knows if it's going to be December? If right? they don't push it, because yeah, uh, like Top Gun it. Maverick just got delayed today, and that was supposed to come out in December. Yeah. No, that was supposed to come back uh, to come out in December of 2020, and <laughs> now it's sept- uh, December. It was originally September, supposed to come out December in like of- July 2019, I think. Yeah, and then it was I delayed so. for production reasons, and then they put it to summer of last year, or I think it was May or something. Then it was delayed to winter, and now it's being delayed again. So this is like a two-year delay. Yeah, and no, I've been this is, yeah. I've been waiting for this movie. Like I'm no, super me too. Me too. I was hyped. Yeah. Yeah, no, me too. Uh, I'm I'm really looking for this one, looking out for this one. But uh, yeah, and not anymore. It's... So my December viewing just got a lot smaller yeah yeah we're still like praying for dune hopefully yeah. that everything will be okay with uh, top gun budging because this is what happened last year last year bond was the first movie to budge and then after that it was and it won't budge anymore that i can tell you <laughs> yes well who knows right who knows well who knows but yeah they can't yeah now that top gun's movie, f- budged and they've moved out of the christmas release window which is prime real estate I think all bets are off. The chips are off the table now. I think the only movies that are safer, ironically, are the Warner Brothers movies because of the HBO Max connection. Yeah, but some of them, I mean, I, even Matrix, I think they can't. Well, Matrix, I'm sure, is going to be delayed as well. But At this uh, point, there's can't. no trailer for Matrix. There's no official. trailer, no marketing, uh, only a title, I think. And yeah. they, showed, they, showed, they showed, I think, a they showed first a trailer. four minutes... Well, they showed the First trailer at a at CinemaCon, CinemaCon I think. yeah. Yeah. But like, it's not released online. And you have to wonder, okay, we're September. You think a movie like Matrix 2 would be advertising that like a year in advance. Yeah, it doesn't sound good for Matrix. I'm, I'm not, uh, yeah. I'm I not optimistic. It's be okay, but. Yeah, I'm not fully optimistic. Dune, I think, I think they don't, I don't think they have a choice. They have to release it. Yeah, and they have a deal with uh, Denis Villeneuve because he he absolutely wishes like on a on a big screen opening, not just on HBO Max, and he's gonna get it. But it's just yeah. But what cost? Because he wants to make Dune two, at mm-hmm. least, and he also has floated the idea of doing Dune three. And will the box office and the studio acknowledge? Oh yeah studios are uh, cinemas are closed right now where they're limited capacity because of the pandemic 
your movie didn't make our the budget back. Mm-hmm. Is that going to be okay? Essentially, will be the question. Yeah, it's true. Uh, and another movie I think we forgot to discuss, but Mission Impossible Seven also I think was planned for before twenty twenty two, but now they're pushing it back as well next year. Right? Yeah, well, it got delayed earlier this year. From it was supposed to come out this year, and it got delayed to early next year, and now it's being delayed to late next year as well. Yeah, I can wait for that movie. I mean, we haven't seen anything, and we've had a lot of Mission Impossible for the past couple of years. So I mean, I'm 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 yeah. okay with this movie being moved. I mean, I don't, I'm not I'm yeah. not like because I haven't I'm, seen anything. We don't even have an official title for it yet. It feels yeah. like it doesn't really exist in my mind at this point. So until we get like a title and some images. Well, it's, gonna, like, it's not going to be like a super surprising title. It's going to be no, MI7 yeah. and a word. Yeah, exactly. But we still don't have an official title. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like we, we're just calling it MI7. And MI7. Like, yeah. yeah. But the last one, uh, Mission Impossible Fallout, wasn't even called like MI6. No, no, it no. It's true. That would, that would have been interesting. Yeah. yeah we got yeah. to see that together in the cinema. That was fun. Yeah, that was a fun, yeah. that was a fun view. Yeah, for sure. Do you like viewing. Fallout more? than Rogue Nation. Did I prefer Fallout to Rogue Nation? Yeah, or which one's your favorite, actually? I'll just ask. Uh, well, I still have a sweet spot for the first one, and I know that you can't really compare it to the others because, like, lower budget, totally different direction. They were starting. They didn't know what they wanted to do. Uh, t- like, Tom Cruise wasn't that much in his prime at that time. He was still, like, yeah, like doing, like, smaller stunts. So, but I think Fallout is the it's the best. Yeah. Like I think you had an interesting comparison when you 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 talked about um, the movie at first when you saw it. I think that it's you said that it was Tom Cruise's Dark Knight. Is that yeah? Mission Impossible Fallout was like the 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 pinnacle of like all his career like put together as like as the ultimate action fi- the ultimate action film for Tom Cruise. And I think that it still holds up for to oh, that yeah. position. I think it's the better. I think it to this day I've, uh, since like it came out like three years ago. I think it still is the best. I Mission think Fallout has the yeah. best action of the, the franchise. The, the helicopter chase, him climbing oh, the helicopter. Yeah. I can feel my heart rate increasing just watching it, even having watched it multiple times since it came out. Yeah. So I think Fallout has the best action sequences. I think Rogue Nation's the better story. Yeah, I would agree with that. The Rogue Nation story was good, and there's a couple of really good scenes in Rogue Nation, like with the, the opera house like scene. At the, at the opera house yeah. scene was awesome. That's the scene. The, even the motorcycle scene wanted to make. Yeah, and they yeah. should have. It was really good. Uh, the motorcycle chase in the desert. The, yeah. no, everything was. Yeah, it was. It was. Is it, yeah, Rogue Nation was like maybe it's the second best after after Fallout, yeah. and with the first one tied in somewhere in there. Yeah, for uh, me, I'll put Rogue Nation as first, Fallout as second, and I'm probably going to go with uh, Ghost Protocol in third place. I would disagree with that, but it's maybe a debate for another time. But yeah. I think that the story for Ghost Protocol sucks, absolutely sucks. The, I mean, I think there's I did, only I think the great, villain sucked. The villain sucks, but yeah. the rest, even the, the story is, is pretty weak. But I think that there's only one great scene in that movie in my opinion the I think Burj it's really like the, the, yeah, the Burj Khalifa yeah. uh, in Dubai the Dubai scene it's the entire nuts. Dubai scene like the 30 35 minutes like you, that you get or maybe it's maybe it's 20 that you get in Dubai are absolutely wonderful the rest of the movie nah I don't, not so much I don't think that one uh, nailed the landing like when no. he's in the parking lot and the cars are falling down and he's 
fighting this guy who's much older than him. It's weird. This guy has fought both Tom Cruise and Keanu Reeves in John Wick 1. It's true. He's given both of them a hard time, and he doesn't look like he should be giving either of them a hard time. Yeah, he's dead, unfortunately. uh, Yeah, he was um, the Swedish Mikael Brumfist from the Girl to Dragon Tattoo. In the Millennium, yeah, movies. Yeah, 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 totally. Which I definitely Um, need to rewatch at some point, both the Fincher version and the original versions. You sent me a trailer. I just thought of it right now, but you sent me a trailer today for um, the mayor of Kingtown, right? Yes, I did because uh, I didn't know what it was. I thought I I just saw Jeremy Renner. I was like, oh, what's he? What's he in apart from the Hawkeye TV series? And yeah, I was really impressed with the quality of that trailer because I think it's it's what Anthony Fuca, Antoine Fuca, who's directing it, directed Training Day. Yeah, and uh, Taylor Uh, Sheridan is the co-producer and I think the showrunner on that as well. And I have to wonder to myself, how does Taylor Sheridan sleep? (laughs) Like, does he sleep? Because he's doing yeah, Yellowstone, know. which I recognize as being a big-budget R-rated soap opera on a ranch. And he's also doing a prequel to Yellowstone. He's wow. doing a spin-off to Yellowstone. He's doing this other show now, The King, the Mayor of Kingtown. And he, he does movies as well. Like He, he did the... The, the Angelina Jolie movie that came out earlier this year, Those Who Wish Me Dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't see that one. But yes, he's really talented. And same he's for the, re- the director. It's it's really, it's 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 good police thrillers, crime thrillers. Yeah. And you really feel that here. I get that. This is a movie, maybe. I get that feeling from, um, shit. Um, I wouldn't say Broken City. I don't know that. It was a movie with. Mark Wahlberg and uh, Russell, Russell Crowe, Crow. but there's another one. Yeah. Um, Widows also uh, came out in 2018. Yeah, it was the, seen it the Steve McQueen yeah. movie, really good film. Like a really film noir coming out ambiance that it's a really corrupt city. There's nothing good coming out of it. And the music really, like, it was beautiful in that trailer. And I, I like the pairing of... Um, um, Kyle Chandler and uh, Jeremy yeah. Renner together, like as well, like Kyle I Chandler think they're is, brothers think or really, something. Kyle Chandler is yeah. a really underrated actor, in my opinion. Yeah, he doesn't do like main main roles. I think that much. He's really like sec- like he nails his secondary roles, but he's not. Yeah, he's not like a front runner in anything. Well, yeah, uh, he's true. done a few things. Like oh, I'm currently rewatching some shows just for kicks, and one of them is actually both the shows I'm rewatching right now star Kyle Chandler. And one of mm. them is Friday Night Lights, which was yes. mid-2000s. I think it's one of the best basic cable TV shows made in the past 20 years or so. It's really, really solid. Uh, it was Chandler. in King Kong. That it I was in King Kong, in, too. In, I remember two, that. Yeah, King Kong 2005. King yeah. Kong. He was also <laughs> the lead in Netflix's Bloodline. With, yes, uh, that's true. Ben Mendelsohn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say yeah. about that show, I will say that season one is phenomenal. And then it takes a nosedive off the quality cliff. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. Again, a lot Thankfully, of Thankfully, season put, one stands on its own. <laughs> yeah. So you can just watch season one and you're not going to be left in the dark, thankfully, I would say. But yeah, that show goes from being like a 9, 9.5 on 10 to being like a 5 on 10. Mm. And then there's a third season, which I heard is even worse than season two. And I, I gave oh, up in season sucks. two. I was just like, eh, I, I'm, I don't need to feel the need to watch this anymore. But yeah, season uh, one is compelling, and Kyle Chandler does a really good job. But 
Ben Mendelsohn does an even better job. I'll keep it in mind. Uh, I've heard of it, but never, never bothered to watch it. But I'll, I'll keep it in mind. For this one, the mayor, um, uh, what's the name again? Sorry, the name of the town. Oh, the mayor of Kingstown. <laughs> yeah, mayor of Kingstown. I think it's for Paramount Plus. So yeah. I'll need to see how I can watch it. But well, yeah. I have a funny feeling for those listening in the Great White North, it'll probably go into Prime Video because that's where Yellowstone is right now. So there might be a deal. There's also Quiet Place Part 2. So I think Paramount has a deal with Prime here. Hopefully, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah I, I, I wish I, I think, yeah, it's gonna, uh, yeah, I think it should line. That's what I'm thinking. Prime. I really like yeah. Yellowstone as well, so I'm. I'm I know you talked to me about yeah. it. I didn't, I didn't try it yet yeah, because there's so many other things. Season four is coming out this November. I don't know if it's gonna premiere on Amazon in November, but I'm excited for it. I'm gonna be watching yeah. that. It's one of those shows. It invokes our opening theme song a little bit. Rancher life. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna make a transition from Amazon uh, Amazon Prime to Disney Plus this time because um, f- like it's still Star Wars time for for it's, us. It's always All Star years. Wars time. It's always Star Wars time, and both of us we had the chance to watch the entire uh, the Bad Batch series, that the end, the new animated series following the Clone Wars, uh, which premiered um, the in the beginning of the summer or yes. late spring. What do you think of it? Like entirely, like. Uh... In a nutshell, I would say not bad, but room for improvement. Yes, I would say so as well. I think that the opening and the closing, like the 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 first episode and the last few episodes, are quite good. Yeah. The f- but I there's a lot the of filler episode episodes with like filling store, filling missions that they always do for the same character over and over yeah. again. I'm just like it doesn't lead to not too much, but yeah. There's a lot of. Like subtext in the story as opposed to getting like this huge revelation where you finish the episode going like ooh interesting I think a lot of it is A especially if you watch the Clone Wars the whole thing this is a trope that Filoni does but he'll plant a seed in one season and he won't get the payoff for another season mm-hmm. and there's also very subtle storytelling like they'll be talking about free will versus programming so it, the the actual mission might not be incredibly beneficial but it's the yeah. subtext is where you're digging into the story so mm. some of the missions like i think the second episode where they're getting the chain codes i thought that episode was actually quite useless yeah and, and there was a few here and there that i was like yeah like whatever like, it was entertaining i guess but there yeah. there was episodes where like the first episode was like really really good uh, I, I quite enjoyed seeing the Cad Bane episodes as a... So yes, when he was back, yeah, it was yeah. an interesting bounty hunter. Yeah, I liked that episode I like as that. well. I like um, the, the Sergio Leone callbacks. Uh, th- that was quite interesting. Um, yeah, there, seeing what happens with the crosshair overall, the, the two episodes that take place on... Uh, Blanking on the name of the planet right now because there's a bajillion Star Wars planets, but the one with the uh, Cham Syndulla and Harrison Dula. Uh, Ryloth. Ryloth. That, that's the yeah. Ryloth. See, the say. end of that episode had the clone going. Uh, these orders are wrong, and he he tells his clone brothers to put down his orders, and he gets arrested. And I'm pretty sure, with Kamido being destroyed now in season two, we'll see some sort of clone uprising with the, the remaining clones. So I don't yeah, think... Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, I think that was just a seed being planted for later payoff. 
But what I, I like is that they really, really answered the call of the fans to explain why all Imperials, like starting from episode four of the original trilogy, are not clones. Yeah. So they, they're like, okay, we heard you r loud and clear. We're going to explain you exactly what happened. There's going to be a slow transition. We're going to recruit volunteers. It wasn't even that slow. <laughs> It's not that slow. It's super, yeah, it's super quick. It's yeah. like, okay, we're just like... It was like, like episode two, and all of a sudden the Imperial crest is on all the ships, and you're like, man. Yeah. Was Palpatine, yeah. like, sitting on this, like, stockpile of merchandise, and as soon as he took over the galaxy, he was like, all right, time to rebrand everything. I don't have to go to no committee. I've got everything here. Yeah, and they're trying to bridge, like, all the, the gaps from even the sequel trilogy. I think there's, uh, like, we can get into spoilers, but basically at the end is that they destroy the city of Camino, which is really interesting to see that they yeah, actually destroyed it. especially having grown up with the prequel movies, it almost feels like... It's an, and the it's, end of an era. It's an end of an yeah. era, yeah. They yeah. put that to rest, like, it's done. The Clone Wars are done. Yeah. We're, we're, all, we're in the dark times now. 100%. And they do take one thing out of Camino. They take the, the chief scientist. Yeah. Her name is Tan Wei, I think, or something uh, like Wee. that. Yeah. No, wait. Tan, Tan Wei. No, Tan Wei, uh, she was killed off. Oh, no. She, yeah, that's the... Uh, yeah, the, yeah. What was the name of the scientist? Because there's two, like, the two female characters yeah. that, like, work with the prime minister. I it's forgot the, the, the name of the scientist. In the Clone Wars, yeah. she's the one that essentially conspires against Fives in season six. Okay, yeah, I forgot the name. Anyway, but that, that's the chief scientist of Camino who actually like is behind the cloning program. She's taken by the Imperials to yeah. do another project, which we may believe might I've, be the cloning, the cloning of Palpatine, yeah. or starting the cloning process of Palpatine for this episode nine. This is one nine. of my main yeah. gripes about. It's not even like a huge gripe, but it almost seems like parts of the Mandalorian and parts of the Bad Batch are playing damage control. For the rise of Skywalker. Oh, uh, they totally are, for sure. Yeah. yeah. They're like, we have to make it make sense. We have to fit into that continuity. Even though the return of Palpatine landed with a huge thud for most audience members. Yeah, because again, it's it's crazy. I mean, like only the true fans will take the time to watch all of this and make sense of all of this. But I'm thinking about the people who just watch the movies and that's it. Nothing else out of yeah. the Star Wars universe. They can't understand anything. Yeah, they're probably <laughs> like, how is Palpatine back? They don't even yeah. acknowledge that he's a clone in Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. You just have yeah, to assume They just it. say like cloning. <laughs> they just say cloning and you're like, does yeah. that mean he's a clone? We can see the yeah, Snoke's clone, but... And yeah, then, like, no. the justification for, like, how was Palpatine back? You just see Pogo, somehow, Palpatine is back. Yeah. Yeah, no. I'm, I'm curious to see what they're going to bring back for season two, because, yes, there will be a season two there of will the be Bad season. Batch. I'm hoping that with being name-dropped earlier on in the season, we'll actually get to see Alpha, as he was name-dropped, Boba Fett, in season two, and he will work either against or with or to his own ends uh, with the or against the bad batch because if he's alpha which according to the old greek names is first he's the first of the clones omega means last she's the last of the clones so they are true oh. brothers and sisters so yes. how is this going to work into the narrative i think it will at some point especially with the book of boba fett coming out later this year mm -hmm. I think it would be really interesting for them to to actually make Boba Fett work against the clones, 
And because like, and that would explain his allegiance to the Empire when he works like with Vader, yeah. like in the Empire. I don't think Empire he could be an ally. Yeah, I don't think he will be. Like, it's. I think it, it changes a little bit. So after Return of the Jedi, of the Jedi, we sense that he's he's loyal maybe to other bounty hunters, and he's he's able to help, and he's like he, he he's willing to fight against the Imperials. I think something like broke in him. But before, prior, like, the, the original trilogy, I think that, yeah, I think he's disloyal as Holland. He's yeah. like, no, no. I'm very curious about like, what they're going to do with the Book of Boba Fett. Because we're taking a character who, in the, like, the old books and the old comics, this old vision of Boba Fett was this, like, stone-cold bounty hunter. Like, I don't even think you could call him an anti-hero. He was pretty villainous. But he had his yeah. moments, for sure, of moral ambiguity where he maybe would ally with certain characters but it was always to suit his own needs so i'm curious he's still now. pretty cold in the mandalorian as well i mean we don't get anything out of like in terms of emotions we don't we don't get anything out of him we just he's pretty stoic all the all the way but he's still really loyal like he's like no i'll help you like i yeah. you promise that like to and then he, goes and he, he kills bill fortuna at the end yeah which <laughs> i thought was hysterical but I this is really funny, yeah. I'm still a little hesitant, a little cautious that they're going to try and make him a bit more of a good guy because it's a Disney property. Mm. Yeah, and this yeah, is whole, like, if, if he's the main of character of like his own show, he might be like, he won't do anything yeah. too crazy, I think he'll just... Which is something yeah. I've noticed with uh, Lucasfilm now that they're under the Disney umbrella, but they're very... Everybody's rare. good. Everybody's <laughs> good. They're very shy about making like books, comics, anything with a villain in the lead role. You have it a bit more flexibility in the comics, like you have Vader comics. But yeah. because Vader gets turned by the end, you know he's like a good guy in the end, and he's always at odds with Palpatine, which mm -hmm. Palpatine being the greater evil. So there's always that angle in it. But in the old yeah. pre-Disney era, you would have books about like Darth Bane and Plagueis, and you would have these characters, and they were very fascinating stories. And I feel That's like true. we haven't gotten like a point of view story from the the dark, not even the dark side, like the, the put a bounty well, hunter, yeah, the, put a yeah, the bad guys, put, like yeah, the bad guys, anyone that who is not morally just, who might be like morally ambiguous or have evil motives. I think seeing a, a Darth Bane series would be fascinating. Especially with like yeah. maybe someone like Tom Hardy in a lead role, that would be good. Yeah, yeah. And you speaking should, of which, yeah, I don't yeah. Know, I'm just rambling on about Star Wars right now, but I no, think it's no, interesting no, to, to see that there's it is, no it is villainous and characters. Yeah, I do agree. Like, uh, and they're talking about I think what's his name? Is it like Dark Ra Darth Raven? That oh, can Revan. Be, maybe Ken Revan. Yeah, there could yeah. be like Kenny Reeves playing him or yeah. something like that. I'd be okay but, with um, that. But again, Revan be, is. He's both light and dark throughout his character arc. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I do. I haven't read, like, as much as, like, Star Wars content as you, so I don't know the character that well. But, yes, uh, that, that's, like, a rumor or, or a wish that fans I th yeah, have. Yeah, it's a huge wish. I'd be okay yeah, it's with a huge that. wish. Um, and I'll, I'll touch on that note just very quickly at the end. But um, there's the Acolyte show that's coming out as well. And that might be our first property with a villainous character in the lead role. It's 
true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We did mention that that show prior, like in the first uh, episode, like yeah. of this of the show. But yeah, so, yeah, totally, you're right. And uh, speaking of Star Wars, I think the on, the other trailer that we promised to discuss, we haven't done that like the last time around. But Star Wars Visions, yeah. something totally different, out of this world. Uh, Japanese I, manga meeting Star Wars. Basically. From what I understand, it's actually not going to be canon either. So the directors have carte blanche to tell whatever blanche, story yeah. they want because they don't have to worry about any sort of continuity. Yeah, and it, and it's a I would say it's an interesting and even a thoughtful move because I think do, you're gonna have get half and half with this show. Is that you're gonna have, gonna have a portion of Star Wars fans who are actually interested in this stuff, we're going to give it a try. And you're going to have true manga fans that are not especially like huge Star Wars fans, or maybe they're, they are, and you're going to pack them together and form like a new like community around this. Because yeah. I'm not sure that everyone that's connected on The Mandalorian, on The Bad Batch, on all the movies are going to be excited about Seeing like a, a, a manga is inspired by the world of Star Wars, but I think it's going to be. I'm curious how it's going like, to turn out. Yeah, I think yeah. it's going to be much more niche in comparison, mm-hmm. and I think it's not going to resonate with as many fans in the long term. But I also think that's okay. I think so too. Yeah, but are you going to watch it? I'm like, definitely going to watch it. Uh, will I like every episode? just based on the art styles alone in the trailer I was like well that art style is okay and then there was other ones I'm like that art style is awesome so Mm -hmm. it it really just depends there was there was one that almost looked like black and white with the imagery I'm very excited for that one purely based off of the art style I don't know what it's about I'm just going into it purely based on how it looks same here. I'll give it a try. I'm not sure I'll I'll get like I'll be bitten by the bug or and of that I'll continue watching it, but I think just out of curiosity I'll I'll, I'll watch the first episode because I'm not I'm really not into mangas and Japanese cartoons to be to be honest. It's not my gig, but yeah, yeah since it's the Star Wars universe, I'm curious. I really don't watch any of the, the current things with anime. I still haven't even finished Dragon Ball Super. That was something that I started watching. Forever ago. It's okay. <laughs> I was gonna make a make a mean joke and say you grew up, but I, I know that still like people in our age and even in, like older older adults they they like manga and it's totally fine. Like yeah. it, and they like anime, it's totally cool. But I don't know. It's just for me. It's just for like me, a, it, it, it took us yeah. a lot of time to watch it. And it. It's a bit of a commitment when you're going through like nine seasons of content when there's like thirty to sixty episodes and some of them are filler. And you're just like that's a lot of that's a lot of content. But yeah. I, I quite enjoyed Dragon Ball Z when I was much younger. Uh, there was a bunch when I, when I was younger, I was way more into it. Nowadays, I don't watch. Like I know what are the the trendier topics. I know Demon Slayer was in the cinemas not too long ago. And there's a bunch on Netflix these days because they're trying to compete with Crunchyroll. But yeah. it overall doesn't do it for me in terms of the newer stuff. If you are interested in an anime overall, though. You should definitely check out Cowboy Bebop if you can. What? Which one is it? Cowboy what? Sorry? Cowboy Bebop, the original anime version Cowboy of Cowboy Bebop. Bebop. It's hmm. this sci-fi anime that takes place on this like ragtag, broken-down ship called the Bebop. And the main guy, Spike, he's a bounty hunter, kind of going off of this theme of bounty hunters and uh, anime. And they're, they're, he's dead broke. 
and it's him and his his buddy, and they're they're going on missions, and eventually they start building up their their crew, and there's just like this dysfunctional family essentially. You have like the femme fatale, this like hacker kid, a corgi who has like a chip, make who makes him like really valuable. Corgi with a chip. <laughs> uh, and it's just it's all about style. It feels almost like. Like, what if Firefly was an anime directed by Tarantino? Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. interesting mix of style. Or, or yeah. Robert Rodriguez. Yeah, like <laughs> Even it's, better. <laughs> it's in that vein. And okay. it's, all the episodes are based off of a musical song. So you might have, like, Bohemian Rhapsody or Toys in the Attic. Uh, all right, definitely send this my way. This yeah. like this this maybe I can get behind. Yeah, and all the music <laughs> is like acid jazz. Whoa! Yeah, so it's really awesome. Uh, I have it on Blu-ray actually. I'm almost done rewatching it. Uh, when right. I'm done it, I can just lend it to you. Please do, please yeah. do. Yeah, but I'll send you a really trailer so you can check it out. There's gonna be a live yes. action remake of this coming to Netflix, but we all know what live action anime remakes are like. Not good. Not, not good. good. Not good. Not Is there anything good. else that does look good on the horizon, though, or that you've been watching? You been, you saw Suicide Squad. Yes, I did. Yes, um, last last week when I was in Toronto. Yes, I saw the Suicide Squad. I haven't uh, seen it, so you'll have to go tell me about it. Uh, yeah, I won't get into spoilers for you. Um, what can I say? Well, I mean, it's not. It's not. It's good. It's next. totally good. I mean, like it's there's like good hype around it and i think that most reviews got it right but i think that it's <laughs> i'm gonna compare it to like army of the dead like okay. by Zack snyder i think that it's it's pure good fun but i wouldn't call this genius like it's it it got it got the jokes and the ambience right from what the first suicide squad lacked but overall i think it's just it's just a messy movie for where you don't get much out of it except action and fun. It's just, it's pure fun, but you don't get anything else, really. So basically, it's just, if you want to go in for, like, wanton violence and mayhem, this will scratch yeah, the edge. Yeah, that's, that's it, basically. And when there's this giant starfish at, uh, attacking the city, basically, you're just like, okay, this is, <laughs> this is the movie we're in for. So you just have um, to, like, accept it. Yeah, yeah, it's but I can't call this an amazing like DC movie because it lacks some of the seriousness from the others that we enjoy like the Wonder Mo- Woman of the of this world. I'm I'm going to put in like Aquaman and Batman v Superman even if I did like it and it's not considered super good, but it's yeah, it's just it's it's chaos and fun because James Gunn is basically it's known for that. But I wouldn't call this movie like outstanding i would call i would i would rank this as a three stars not nothing above it just it's it's fun you'll well, have which fun. sounds like an improvement to me over the first one which i detested yes yes i think uh, it's the only too. superhero movie i've actually turned off yeah no it's well i didn't i didn't turn it off i finished it um well i think my sympathies for, said, yeah <laughs> <laughs> but I did I did like a few things. I like Will Smith as Deadshot. I liked how they did uh, Harley Quinn the, fir- the the first time we see her. I did like how how she was portrayed. Joker no no for sure. No, Jer- like Jerry Leto missed his mark completely. Um, when Batman like when uh, Ben Affleck was in it, I did like the 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 action scenes with him in it. 
but yeah, the rest is a little messy, not not super good. But um, Viola Davis is back in this one as well, and she's she's a lot more interesting in this one. That's okay. that's that. I'm gonna give props for to the movie for this. But it, it's yeah, again, some of the characters are really fun. You have like King Shark um, with the voice of Sylvester Stallone, really fun, really fun character. You get John Cena as Peacemaker. They're kind of nice, making nice a, a TV well. show out of his character, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and it's a good call because Peacemaker is honestly he's <laughs> he's he's interesting. That guy, I, I won't get into spoilers, but he's he has like this ongoing competition with Idris Elba's character, like throughout the movie, and it's it gets like politically incorrect, like in all the all the different ways, and it's, it's really fun. I was a little, it's nothing against her because she's a really great actress, but I was a little disappointed in my Margot Robbie's performance in this one because she didn't, she let, more and more she's playing the character, less and less she looks and she sounds like Harley Quinn. She, I don't know, she she's more like a goofy girl killer, but she doesn't like, I don't know, she doesn't look you don't feel like she's Harley Quinn after a while, just messing around. You're just like, oh, she's just like, she's like, just, yeah. Does she know. ever feel like criminally insane? I mean, less and less. That's what the, that's what's the problem is that she's, she looks like she's getting some sort of sanity a little more, more and more. And the first Suicide Squad, you were like, okay, she's, you, you know she's Harley Quinn. She, she was a doctor like in Arkham Asylum. She went completely crazy. She's pretty much completely crazy from the beginning to end. You get that sometimes in Bird of Prey, not, like, not the whole movie. But this movie, she feels, I don't know, she feels like more normal. And I, I'm just like, nah, I don't where, know. Where not, she's supposed to be like completely off her rockers. Yeah, kind of shit, I mean, she does some cre- cr- crazy, stupid things, like, and we laugh sometimes, but she's, I don't know, she's, she's like, becoming less and less uninteresting, and that, that sucks, because she's good, she's a really good actress, and was, she was perfect for that character, but I don't know, she's, mm. like, losing grasp of the character a little bit, maybe, nah, my Which theory. <laughs> interesting to see, especially since she's been trying to claim more control over the character as each production has been going forward. Yeah, because I think we never heard her once say like Mr. J, like, but because we we have her with Joker in one movie, but it, th- that's what sucks. It just you have it, you have her, but you don't have like what makes her even greater is like her her relationship with the Joker, and I'm just like, why, why can't you make this happen again? But again, it's it's complicated because like Jared Leto would like won't come back, probably. I don't know. Would uh, would even anyone want him back? Is the question. Yeah, yeah, nobody he, he wants. He was back in at the end of Zack Snyder's Justice League, and, and he did a good job. And he did for a, that scene specifically. Yeah, he, did he did a, did a good better job. job, but it was still in, like in five minutes. Yeah, yeah, but it was still like, <laughs> did we need it to be Joker? Could it have yeah. been someone else? Question mark. Like I didn't hate it as much as I hated his performance in Suicide Squad, but considering now is how the way the movie ended. I didn't love it either. Mm. Yeah, because he no. still had that like, ah, 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 yeah. kind of like laugh. It's a weird laugh. Voice. Yeah. So I wasn't a huge fan of that. But I, I don't think we need yeah. to see him coming back personally. But now that we're in the multiverses and, and and stuff, I'm just wondering: should they? Is it a good idea to like, I don't know, like put her in the mix with Joaquin Phoenix or something, and just say, okay, Joaquin Phoenix, come back. 
do like the actual modern Joker, and like we're gonna we're gonna pin like the, the Harley Quinn like in that in that storyline as well. I don't the know. The idea isn't a bad idea, but I don't think it's good for Hawking Fifty Six Joker because of how ambiguous that movie was with the character. Mm-hmm. Like we don't even know if that's like a, the actual Joker or even if those events actually happened. It's true. Yeah, we think maybe it's the the character that inspired the Joker yeah. and not the Joker himself. Yeah, I do remember speaking about that with you. Yeah, yeah. so I'm not mm. too certain about that, but there are multiple multiverses within the DC universe as well as Earth 1, Earth 2, and so on and so forth. And that is how you can justify the multiverse. And it's also how you justify Zack Snyder's Justice League, which Warner Brothers, for whatever reason, insists is not part of the primary DCEU canon. It's like Earth 2 version, if you will. Yeah. Which is a bit of a shame, in my opinion, that Warner Brothers won't go forward with that. Yeah, I do feel you there. Yeah. Totally. Especially um, considering how the way that movie ended, I, I d- don't see a sequel happening at all, unfortunately. But mm. it would be cool to at least maybe get like a mega comic book or it's Zack Snyder's Justice League Part 2 written by, I don't know, Jeff Johns or somebody. And it's illustrated to look like the actors and it's based off of the notes in the script and Zack Snyder can have a writing credit. And we can at least visualize it, maybe like art by Frank Miller or something. And we can at least see where the story was going to go. I feel and like it's the same thing with Matt Reeves' Batman, right? I think it's it's like maybe just a one-off entirely in an, an entire like new yeah, universe, and it's not connected it's to anything. Yeah, from what I understand, it's a different Earth. It's kind of like how like Joker separated. It's it's not mm-hmm. part of the Ben Affleck universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then Flashpoint's going to be coming out, and that's going to be messing with the multiverse, kind of like Doctor Strange, because we're going to have. Uh, Keaton's Batman as well as Ben Affleck's Batman in that movie. Oh, I didn't know that Ben Affleck was confirmed to come back. I know that Michael Keaton, I didn't know. Yeah, as far as I know, Affleck's confirmed. Nice. That's going to be cool. I'm I'm down for that. Yeah. Now I'm going to have to double check because you're making me tell myself. But I'm like, I'm pretty certain that Affleck's in that movie. I'm I'm really glad he accepted to come back because, like, I think that he didn't, like, he didn't have a movie that was as good as this portrayal of, of Batman. And I think that, that like suffered and that, that didn't want him like, that didn't make him want to come back because I think that to be honest, I think that Ben Affleck was a really great Batman. I think he still is. And like to be like that aging Batman who doesn't care that much. He's like more violent is just like less patient with criminals. He's desperate. I think that we really get that sense with, with the Ben Affleck Batman. And I like Jeremy Irons as, as Alfred as, like, as well. When Ben yeah. Affleck was scheduled to direct the Batman, mm-hmm. I was very excited for it because yeah. Ben's a solid director. And from what I heard about how he wanted to go down that road, he wants to make this like David Fincher-esque thriller where Deathstroke finds out Bruce Wayne's identity and knows that he's Batman. And it's sort of cat and mouse serial killer vibe for a Batman movie. And I'm like, man, 
But we get this. You, sir, sir, funny enough, I think we get this from the Batman from Matt Reeves as well. Let's get because I think that even this movie, we get like a first few minutes out of CinemaCon, and people were like, "Okay, this movie is scary. It's like a yeah. horror film out of David Fincher." I think that I think the Riddler's in it, and the Riddler's supposed to be like a serial killer, like kind of the Zodiac kind of thing. He's yeah. like. And the penguin is supposed to be like a like I think it's Colin Farrell is supposed to be like it's a gangster. Colin Farrell, that's, yeah, and unrecognizable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like a huge nose and something. He's not a mutant like Danny DeVito, but he's <laughs> yeah, he's like just a normal gangster that's so like kind of Jabba the Hutt yeah. kind of figure. Yeah, there's gonna be a, a new trailer for the Batman in October, so we'll talk about that when it comes out because there's gonna yeah, be a yeah. DC fandom. Yeah, can't wait. I'm yeah. just not 100% on board with Robert Pattinson being being Batman because I, I look at him and I'm just like, oof. I'm just, he's good. He's a great actor, but I'm just like, he doesn't look the part that much. I don't know. The Maybe first I'm, I'm trailer too didn't difficult. showcase too much Batman or too much Bruce Wayne. It was very heavy on the tone. And on the like tone, the yeah, and the filler scenes. More yeah, so I, 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 I'm going to hold judgment for the time being i'm cautious about where it could go with brown Pattinson because i also agree once you get rid of the twilight stuff Pattinson's a great actor He's, he is no 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 for sure uh, i i really like him i mean in tenet i thought he was really good yeah. uh he did a couple of like more indie films that like he was pretty good in it yeah. like i think i thought he was great Col in cosmopolis the, was the cool. lost city of z he was great in that as well mm -hmm. uh the lighthouse uh, there, he's done a ton of stuff. So yeah, he did. Yeah, he played in a lot of movies since yeah. Twilight. Yeah, so he's like, been busy. I'm very yeah. curious to see how he'll do it. I don't think he'll be a bad Batman. I'm very curious and concerned about his portrayal as Bruce Wayne. Yeah, that is my biggest concern at this point. But time will tell. Well, we we've got some time until the trailer drops. Yeah, well, no, we'll discuss it next episode for sure. Yeah, which we're going to um, be recording in a few days, actually. Yes, in a few days. And, I mean, if you're ready for it, man, I think that maybe in somewhat like in two episodes, we can maybe get, or three, have, have guests for the first time and yeah. uh, have some external parties over here. We're, we, have with a, us. we have an idea as to what we want to do for our first guest conversation. We might make it a, a super episode where we talk about one particular movie one particular franchise and we might we yes. might go that route we don't want to say what we're going to be talking about but no we have we're some going to keep it a mind. surprise but we have some idea i think the entire episode is going to be dedicated to that franchise and we're going to maybe discuss the movie when it came out when it comes out we're going to re review it together but yes i think we should do that with one of our friends who loves this as well yeah i think that's yeah. a solid idea and we'll reach out we'll go it over and yeah but i guess yeah. that's uh, i think we're going to wrap up the episode today We'll wrap up the episode. Again, thanks so much. I hope that uh, your drink, did you finish your drink? I did finish your, my drink. It was pretty solid, actually. Your moonshine, uh, yeah. I didn't give myself too much of it because I thought it might be dangerous, but I'm starting to think I didn't give myself enough of it. <laughs> Same here. I was pretty reasonable this time. I drank like just one little glass, but I think I'll refill after after this. But uh, yeah. All right. And don't forget, everyone, please drink responsibly. Please drink responsibly. Yeah. We're going to leave the the products that we tried today uh, in the description of the episode if you okay. want to buy them in the CQs, LCBO, or elsewhere in Canada or in the U.S. And uh, uh, and as always, if you want to see more content from us, you can go to Screen of Entertainment. We'll have the podcast posted on the website. 
and content from Fred and myself and other contributors. Uh, yeah, a ton of stuff over there. Yes, you said it. All right, thanks so much, Sean, for the lovely discussion. We'll uh, catch up uh, again in a few days. In a few days. Until then. Till then, brother. Take care, man. See you.